شاها والسماء وما بناها والأرض وما طحاها ونفس وما سواها فألهمها فجورها وتقواها قد أفلح من زكاها وقد قاب من دساها My beloved brothers and respected listeners We will find in the Quran That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at numerous places Takes oaths Which means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take an oath On the night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take an oath on time Wal-asri Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath on the fig tree Wal-tini On the olive Wal-zaytuni Wal-turi sinina on Mount Tur Wa-hadha al-balad al-ameen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath on Makkah al-mukarramah Different places in Quran We find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking an oath But what is the reason that a person normally takes an oath from the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is to impress upon the listeners that what I am saying is true, that I am true in whatever I am saying. That is why a person will take an oath. But the question then arises that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most truthful. There can be none more truthful than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is the reason for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking an oath? Mufassirin mentioned that the reason for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking an oath in Qur'an is to impress upon the listeners that whatever is said after the oath is extremely important. And it needs to be paid heed to. It needs to be listened to very attentively. There is one, one surah in Qur'an wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath not on one creation, not two, not three, seven great creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath on and that is Surah Al-Shams, that we know the Surah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath on different creation of His, and mighty creations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا Beginning the Surah, that by the oath of the sun, and the light of the sun, وَالْقَمَرِ إِذَا تَلَاهَا By the oath of the moon, when it follows the sun, وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا جَلَّاهَا By the oath of the day, when the day lightens up the earth, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَاهَا By the oath of the night, when it enshrouds the earth, when it covers up the earth, وَالسَّمَاءِ وَمَا بَنَاهَا By the oath of the sky, and by the oath of that being who created the mighty sky, وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا طَحَاهَا By the oath of the earth, by the land, by the oath of this mighty earth and the one who spread out the earth, وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا By the oath of the soul, and by the oath of that being who perfected and created the soul of man, فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Then placed within the soul of man the ability to do evil as well as the ability to do good. So look at how many an oath Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes after taking an oath on the sun, an oath on the moon, an oath on the day, oath on the night, oath on the skies and the earth, oath on the soul of man. What is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws our attention to thereafter? That is extremely important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after taking these numerous oaths on great, on great creations of He says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا That person who has purified his soul, this person has attained success. And that person who has soiled his soul, dirtied his soul, this person is unsuccessful. So this is the important fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to draw our attention to in this, in, in this surah. After all these oaths, that that person who purifies his soul 
from every type of evil, this person is successful. And Mufassirin mention, commentators of Qur'an, experts, scholars of Qur'an mention that this ayat refers to the purification of the heart and the soul primarily from shirk, ascribing partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it refers and it it refers to every type of disease of the heart, to purify the heart from every form of disease, according to Mufassirin of Qur'an. So very important, the first step that we all need to look into our lives is that my heart needs to be purified from all forms of shirk. I need to have absolute tawheed in my heart. My aqaid, my belief need to be correct and in order. So one belief that we will discuss today is this is a period that many people will be celebrating such a belief that is contrary to the belief of Islam and in actual fact is contrary to their own belief as well. And they do not know themselves how they have fallen into it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and give us the ability to make shukr to be grateful for this deen of ours. That it is based on isnad. Whatever we practice upon, it goes right up to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, no alterations. So a belief that will be practiced upon that we know is termed as on this Easter weekend is something that is known as the crucifixion. And then Isa alayhi salam coming back to life again. All these types of beliefs is com- in complete contradiction to the actual belief and the reality of Isa alayhi salam. In Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states very clearly, refuting what the Jews used to say. The Jews used to say that we are the ones that murdered Isa alayhi salam. That we are the ones that killed Isa alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ وَلَكِنْ شُبِّهَ لَهُمْ They did not kill him. They did not crucify him. But the matter was made to seem confounded for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confused the affairs for them. Rather, in Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states explicitly that Isa alayhi salam, in a state of being alive, was raised up to the skies. And in the hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is mentioned very clearly that before the day of judgment, Isa alayhi salam will descend again and he will come to complete his mission. As a ummati of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will come to finish off Dajjal and he will come to complete his mission. So very important for us to rectify this belief regarding Isa alayhi salam in our hearts that Isa alayhi salam is alive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised him up in a state of being alive. And close to the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send him down again to complete his mission. So as we are speaking about the purification of the heart from shirk, from wrong beliefs, this is one type of belief that we should try and correct, that we should inform other people of as well, that the correct belief regarding Isa salam. And then we look further to try and correct our hearts, to cleanse our hearts from every type of disease. The diseases of this, of, of this world, physical diseases, viruses of this world, no matter what it might be, a person can be afflicted with numerous diseases and ailments at the same time, different types of cancer as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And those of us amongst our family members as well who are going through these physical diseases of this world, Allah give them shifa and the ability to bear it patiently. But the point that we are trying to make is that no matter what disease of this world a person has, the difficulty he is going through, when his eyes close in this world, 
when he returns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that disease, that cancer, or that virus, whatever it might be, the harm will come to an end when he closes his eyes. The harm of that disease will not carry on over into the akhirah. The harm of that disease will not deter him from entering into Jannah. This is the physical ailments, diseases that a person experiences in this world. But if we look at the spiritual diseases that man might face, if a man passes away with shirk in his heart, he is ascribing partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is also a disease. This is also a spiritual disease. Then what will be the outcome of such a person? This, the harm of this disease will not end when he closes his eyes. Rather, the great harm will only start after he leaves this world. Similarly, if a person looks at the disease of pride, for example, pride is a disease that displays itself physically, outwardly, on a, in a person's physical interaction. But in actual fact, it is a disease that lies in the recesses of the heart. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said regarding this disease of pride, that that person who leaves this world, and he did not make any effort to remove this pride from his heart, and he leaves this world with the disease of pride in his heart. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, never mind entering Jannah. This person will not even get the fragrance of Jannah. So look at the harm of the disease, of the spiritual disease of the heart, that it will bar a person entry into Jannah. So if a person asks himself a question, that what needs more importance? What do I need to give more importance to? We give importance to all aspects, to all facets, to all, to relieving ourselves, to all different types of cure. But obviously, that disease, that ailment, that virus that will cause a greater harm needs to be given more attention to. We give attention to all facets, but it should not be that we are neglecting this side. That a man is living with pride in his heart and he is even unaware that I have pride in my heart. So what is the definition of pride? Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a man likes to wear nice clothes, he likes to wear nice shoes. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the very essence, the pinnacle of beauty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to see beauty on his slaves. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then explained what pride is. It is when a person is in that constant opposition with the truth. He challenges the truth. If a person speaks, stands up and advises him, sometimes in a nice way also, he will not be able to swallow that on account of his pride. Despite it being the truth, deep down inside his heart, he knows that it is the truth. But I cannot accept it because this person is lower than me. Who is he to tell me? So this is one sign of pride, that a person is in that constant opposition and challenging the truth. The next sign of pride, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, it is disdain for the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Looking down upon the next man, it might be because of his color, or it might be because of his language, it might be because of the, the, the country that he comes from. But looking down upon the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for whatever reason it might be, this is a sign that a man has pride in his heart. So very important, more important than a person realizing, or rather more important than understanding the definition of pride, is the effort which lies behind the removal, the remedy of pride. So very easy, we will mention just a few practical things that we can try and do to remedy ourselves from this pride. 
And we need to understand that as long as a person, as long as I understand that I have pride in my heart, then I will be in a constant effort to remove that pride from my heart. But as long as I feel that I am a humble person, I do not possess this pride in my heart, then the pride will consume me from within and I will not even know it. So every person, every person and I need to look at myself that yes, I do have this disease of pride. And how can I rid myself of this pride? Number one is that a person needs to look at his own reality. That what is my reality as a human being? My entry into this world was by means of dirty fluid. And when I walk in this world, I know the dirt that I keep within me. And when I pass away, when the soul comes out of my body, then I am not even called by my name anymore. Those same family members are rushing me to the grave. So this is the re my reality in this world. How can I have pride? How can I think that I am someone when this is my beginning, this is my interim period, and that will be my end eventually? So this is one practical way to gently to ponder slightly over my reality. The second thing that we can try and do, which is a prescription from the hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which seems very easy. But if a person tries to practice upon this, he will actually see that if he is not practicing upon it, he will see how difficult it is. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has summed up the remedy for pride in very few words. Al-Badi'u bis-salami bari'um min al-kibri. The one who initiates the salam. The one who is first to greet. He is free from, from pride. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove that pride from his heart. So as we have mentioned, it might sound very easy. But every person conducted introspection. That am I doing that? That when I go to my, my place of work, sometimes it might be my employee. I am the employer. In this world, I am higher than him. He is lower than me. Have I made salam to him if he is a Muslim? Or do I expect him to make salam to me? One is the adab when it comes to salam, that the elder will greet the younger, those standing will greet those who are sitting, the one who is alone will greet the group. That is the adab. But in order for a person to rid himself of that pride that lies deep in the heart, if a person wishes to rid himself, start making salam first. Make it a mission and make it a point in my life that no one will beat me to that salam. Whether he is a junior or he is a senior, whether he is rich or he is poor, whether he understands my language or not, I will make salam to him. This is one language that he understands. Assalamu alaikum and he will reply wa alaikum assalam. Despite me not understanding his language, him not understanding my language, but that salam is a universal language understand, understood by every ummati of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is a very e seemingly easy remedy for pride is to be the first to make salam, to initiate the salam. And do not look at a person's color, do not look at a person's language, do not look at the place from which a person comes, from which part of the world a person comes, his social standing, high class, low class, middle class, do not look at any of that. But when initiating that salam, let the words of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam ring in the mind. That al-badi'u bis-salami bari'um min al-kibri. Al-badi'u bis-salami bari'um min al-kibri. The one who initiates the salam is free from pride. So make this a practice. Inshallah, if a person does this on a constant basis, if a person does this regularly, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show him that time that he will in actual fact look at his employee as being better than him. He will look at that person who he once looked down upon, scorned at, he will look at that person as being better than him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless him with humility by merely being the first to, to, to make the salam, to initiate the salam. So this is one disease of the heart, that if a person leaves this world with pride in his heart, we heard the hadith, of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, never mind entry into Jannah. A person will not even get the fragrance of Jannah. And it is mentioned that the fragrance of Jannah goes up to a span of 500 years. So how far will a person with pride be from Jannah? So this is a very concerted effort that every one of us need to make. I need to make myself to remove this pride from my heart by looking at my reality, what was my beginning, what is my interim period, what will be my end, make salam to every ummati, every male ummati of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, make salam, be the first to make salam. This is one type of disease that a person finds in his heart. Another disease that people could be faced with, and is sometimes common, it is also natural for it to occur, that is the disease of hasad and jealousy. This, just like pride exhibits itself, in a physical form, by means of, out of, a person will in, exhibit it physically by his limbs, pride, it will show physically. Similarly, when hasad and jealousy is in the heart, that is when it will come out in its physical form. That is when we will find a man making ghibat about someone else, backbiting, trying to do him down, trying to pull him down in the eyes of people. This is an actual fact, at times is a result of that hasad that lies deep down in the heart. So remove that hasad from the heart. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that hasad, jealousy consumes the a'mal of men. Just as fire consumes firewood. So how dangerous isn't this hasad and jealousy that a person might be thinking that yes, my tahajjud is in place, my salah is in place, my fasting is in place. So many actions I am carrying out. But because he acted on his hasad, because he acted upon the jealousy that lies within his heart, that Jealousy will consume his a'mal without him even knowing. And on the day of judgment, he will think that I have come now with a lot of actions and he will see that there is nothing waiting for him. This is the harmful effect of jealousy. So how to rid ourselves of jealousy? Also some physical points, some remedies that we can try and carry out. One is that whenever we are, in, we are discussing, having our social discussions, then that person who we harbor jealousy towards, try and speak good about him. It will be very difficult to speak good about a person who one is jealous for, but if a person does this, this is one way to remedy jealousy. Another way to remedy jealousy is to try and give a gift from time to time to that person who we are jealous of, give him a gift, send a gift for him, very difficult. But this is also a remedy for jealousy, and probably the easiest remedy for jealousy is to make dua for that person who I feel jealous of. That when I, when I cross him and I get that burning feeling in my heart, I get that sour, bitter feeling in my heart, then combat that bitter, sour feeling, that burning feeling with a dua for him. That this person might be driving a certain car. When I see him driving that car, my heart burns. So make dua, Allah, give him another car. When I see a person who is eloquent maybe, or I see a person who is good looking, or I see a person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed with knowledge, and then when I see him, my heart burns, make dua for him. Allah bless him with even greater, with even better looks. Bless him with more knowledge. Bless him with more affluence. Take him even further. 
This is also something which will be difficult initially. But if a person makes dua for the one whom he feels jealousy towards, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove that jealousy from his heart. So just to recap very briefly, we have recited the ayat of Quran when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath on seven great creations of his. And after taking an oath on the seven great creations, says that that person who purifies his soul is successful, that person who soils his soul is unsuccessful. So purify the heart from shirk, from disbelief, from wrong aqaid, from wrong beliefs. Contact the ulama, find out that I have this belief. Is it correct? Is it incorrect? Purify, purify our hearts from all wrong beliefs. Purify it, purify it from pride. Purify it from hasad, from jealousy. Purify it from this type of grudges that we hold towards people and make an effort to keep a clean heart. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that that is my sunnah. A clean heart is my sunnah. And the one who revives my sunnah loves me. And the one who loves me will be with me in Jannah. So a constant effort to keep a clean heart, to rid our hearts of all diseases. When a per- If a person dies with the diseases of the heart, this will land him in, jan- in Jahannam. But if a person dies with the diseases of this world, he will actually get reward in the Akhirah if he was patient. So let us pay importance. Let us pay great importance to the diseases, spiritual diseases of the heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with tawfiq to practice. Amen.